Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University. The university where you learn everything that is going on in the world of pop culture and learn what life lessons you can learn from it for your own life based on what these celebrities are going through. Doesn't that sound iconic? It's educational and inspirational all in one, led by the best host of all time, Patty Pop Culture. That's my TikTok at 3.1 million followers. Check it out. My my government name is Patty Eminger. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. Everyone is welcome here, even furries. Actually, especially furries. I want furries to sit in the front of the class. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stan you. I am in your fandom. You guys, so tomorrow is a very special day to me because tomorrow is my cheat day. And a cheat day is like Christmas morning to me like after i make this episode i'm gonna go to bed just because i'm gonna be so excited to wake up in the morning and be able to eat whatever the fuck i want so i'm on a diet right now i'm not always on a diet but i feel like i'm constantly going on and off of diets just because i want to look good for something or i accidentally gained the same five pounds i just lost again the spring is coming up which means the summer is coming up and i work out a lot so i just want my muscles to show more i want to get ahead of the curve and everything to get my summer body maybe my nsfw twitter body to make my pics a little bit more juicy but yeah i only get one cheat day a month and my last cheat day was about christmas so tomorrow is the new cheat day and i'm literally gonna be tammy from the 1000 pound sisters tomorrow When I'm dieting, I get such random cravings like a pregnant person. So I want a, maybe I'm pregnant. Oh my God. I want a crumble cookie, but just one. I'm not going to go crazy unless the flavors are good. We'll see what Miss Crumble has to offer. I want a donut, but I want not just a Dunkin' fucking donut. I want a gourmet ass, big ass, fuck the skinny donuts in the club. I want a big ass motherfucking donut in the motherfucking club. Fuck you if you're a skinny donut. A big ass donut. I want boba with the, like the... Uh, tea with like the big black balls in it that are tapioca because I, I love big black balls and I want um I think I might get TGI Fridays even though tomorrow's gonna be a Tuesday I just have the most random craving for TGI Fridays I want to dip their juicy chicken tenders in some honey mustard I would literally moan if I took a bite of that right now so I'm excited for that and then my mom who I love is making me a a uh, chocolate peanut butter cake tomorrow for my cheat day so shout out to my mom we're gonna eat it together and i'm so excited around christmas i was like 175 pounds and i've been weighing myself every day and i have a big list of my weight and now about now i'm averaging like 168 so i've lost like seven pounds this month so i've been hangry i've been you know i've just needed a snickers bar this month so i'm really excited to luxuriate in the simple pleasure of sustenance and food and i'm gonna vlog my cheat day on my new personal tiktok that i just made if you guys want to go see more of me behind the scenes type stuff just living my life my personal tiktok is at petty pop personal and i'm gonna take you through the whole cheat day with me so go check out petty pop personal on tiktok but enough about that let's talk about the juicy tea 
hardcore topics we're going to talk about today because the tea is boiling. We're going to talk about how Miss Selena Gomez, who is all about being a kind, good person, is actually kind of evil and shady with her new boyfriend. And I'm not saying she's a homewrecker, but you'll see. And then we're going to talk about how Kylie Jenner finally revealed the name of her son and why she waited so long and what the fuck is wrong with her and why I feel like we might never see her son again after now because the Kardashians don't seem to put their sons in the public eye. And we're going to talk about if the Kardashians are trying to market their young girls right now as opposed to their young boys and if they'll ever be able to capitalize on a boy in that family. And then I'm going to say which single Kardashian kid I think is going to be the most famous in the future and take the Kardashian throne. And then lastly, we're going to talk about how Leah Michelle was thrown under the bus in the new documentary, The Price of Glee. And if you thought the allegations against her behavior were bad before, just wait until you hear what they said about her in this documentary. It's crazy. But before we get into all of it, make sure you rate this podcast five star on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, you're already here, you may as well do so. Leave a cute little review, screenshot yourself, listen to it, post it to your Instagram story and tag me. I will always hit you up after. Uh, it's a Tuesday, Friday class, so don't forget tell your sugar daddy your sugar baby your stepdad who you're hooking up with tell everyone and class take your seats pop culture university is in session Selena Gomez may not be the righteous warrior of kindness that we think she is. She doesn't want to kill them with kindness. She wants to kill them with a sharp knife. Because, as we know... (laughs) I hate my intros. As we know, Selena Gomez has been rumored to have a new boyfriend, Drew Taggart, from the Chainsmokers. We know. It's a very questionable decision. Being with the Chainsmokers, yeah, they're a really popular group. They have many songs with over a billion streams on Spotify. I'm not trying to knock their place in the music industry. They made a massive impact with that godforsaken song with Halsey. God, if I hear that song one more time, I will spontaneously combust. I'm not even going to say the name. Anyway, I think it's a downgrade from Justin Bieber and The Weeknd. If you ask me, like, Justin Bieber must be titling seeing his ex Selena with Drew Tegar. That's all I got to say. The Chainsmokers, to me, are just the definition of fuckboy. Their name should be Brad and Chad. I feel like if I knew them in high school, they would call me a faggot as I walk past them in uh, the halls. And I'm I'm not trying to assume anything about them. They just look like the basic white fuckboys. I'm sorry. They could really be replaceable with any two white boys you see on the street. And that's just a fact. You probably saw the Chainsmokers today and didn't even know it. Anyway, their names are Drew and Alex, not Brad and Chad. Uh, Drew is 33. Drew is the hot one. He's the He's the hotter one. The other one isn't ugly, but like Drew's the hot one. You know what I'm saying? He's like the he's like the Drake of the Dragon Josh for them. Sorry, Josh Peck. Actually, no, fuck Josh Peck. Selena is 30, so they're pretty close in age. Um, can can I say something about Drew Taggart? He looked better in person. I saw him perform live in Las Vegas. I don't even know at what club or how I got in. Oh, one of my friends got us in for free. I don't even know how. So we had like a first row seat to the Chainsmokers performing. They actually put on quite a good show. They were really late, by the way. But he did look really cute in person. His energy was good. 
they did great i i met a girl there not like like not like sexually like i i met a girl as like a friend there and i hit her jewel pod oh my god worst mistake of my life she was with a bunch of straight men bozo freaks and they were probably all hitting that jewel pod and after that i got the worst sickness of my life and i hit her jewel pod as a joke because i was like oh my god the chain smokers always hit their jewel let me get the full experience of watching the chain smokers and hit this jewel i cough as if i just took a hit of the fattest blunt rolled by wiz khalifa Every time I take a hit of a jewel, I'm like, <laughs> like, I cannot do it. I don't know how people hit jewels. I've never hit one in my life successfully. Anyway, I got the worst flu of my life. I literally thought I was going to die. I told my doctor, I don't, I totally understand how people in the 1900s used to die of the flu. I fully almost died. Um, I mean, I'm, I mean, of course I made a horrible mistake of hitting a jewel at a chain smoker concert. That's what I get. But anyway, Selena must have heard that Chainsmokers had threesomes with their fans and she wanted in because now she is rumored to be dating Drew. And it was just rumors at first. But now, girl, ooh, they have been seen all over town. They can't even hide it. They were seen bowling together. Literally videos of them, you know, walking up to the aisle, throwing that damn ball, getting a gutter ball every single time. Everyone says bowling is like a bad first date. I would never take someone on first date bowling because like you're constantly going back and forth. Like, can we just can you just sit down and talk like we don't need to be putting our fingers in those nasty holes and like bowling with each other. That's a horrible first date. Then they were seen holding hands blatantly in the middle of the street, like not trying to hide it at all. There was a big ass paparazzi photo of them holding hands. So that really cemented the whole thing. And then there's a photo of them kissing, kissing. So mm, it seems like they're together. If you ask me, seems like they're dating. But Selena Gomez said on her Instagram story that uh, she likes being alone too much. So for now, she is hashtag single. And even though she's, you know, dating around, at least with Drew Taggart, she's still hashtag single. That's fair. You can totally be going on dates with someone and still be single, still have other people on the side. I think Drew Taggart from the Chainsmokers would be a great person to hook up with. You know, you'd have to take your penicillin after. But... He'd be great to hook up with. Um, sources say that they like to go on movies and bowling dates together, and Selena can't keep a, her hands off of him. I mean, she could, but why would she want to? Uh, 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 hands to myself. Uh, uh, I'll stop. Anyway, that would normally be fine if they were just hooking up or whatever and publicly having this rendezvous. That happens with celebrities when they're kind of like in that dating stage. But, um, it's not fine because Drew Taggart was just in another relationship two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. And now he's all around town with Selena Gomez making out and holding hands, putting on a show for us. That is not okay if you ask me because just two weeks ago, he was dating Eve Jobs. Yeah, Steve Jobs, the man who is responsible for my happiness. I, th I feel like Steve Jobs is my Jesus. I'm not even kidding because he gave me the iPhone. I pray, I pray to Steve Jobs every fucking night. I spend 13 hours a day on Steve Jobs contraptions. I'm kidding. My, my screen time is not 13 hours a day, but it's like 11 hours a day. I'm just being honest here. My screen time is like 11 hours a day, but I work on my phone. I do all my work on my phone. So while you're at your job for eight hours, I'm literally doing my job on my phone. So I use, I've like the iPhone is like the best invention since the wheel or like fire. You know what I'm saying? It's that. So like, how dare you screw over the daughter of the man who gave us 
the iPhone. That's so fucked up. So this is what's the tea. Drew and Eve have been rumored to be dating for a long time because like publicly post about being girlfriend and boyfriend for months and months and months. And they had a photo of them kissing on Drew's Instagram on just December 14th. And rumors started swirling of Selena and Drew together on January 15th. So that's only a month. But not only were they kissing very deeply and swapping saliva um, in a public space on December 14th, looking very much in love, but Drew Taggart's 33rd birthday was New Year's Eve, December 31st. And they spent the day together because Drew posted about it and he still hasn't taken those photos down. Like, fuckboy 101, you got to remove those photos so the new girls don't know that, you know, you just replaced their old girl with them in two weeks and you'll probably do the same with them soon. You got to take that down, Drew. And... Eve Jobs left her photo up of wishing Drew a happy birthday on December 31st with the caption, happy birthday, lover. December 31st is only 15 days before Selena and Drew were rumored to be together. So what happened in those two weeks that he just left her like that? It's giving very much, last Christmas, I gave you my heart. Then the very next day, you gave it to Selena. I like Cardi B's remix of that song. Last Christmas, I gave you my ass. But the very next day, you fucked my best friend. This year, to save me from tears. she, she, she I think she says, like, I'm fucking your dad and cousin. I don't know. I love that version. But anyway... Clearly, Selena stole Drew from Eve Jobs, so she should have kept an eye out for Selena. But really, what happened in those two weeks? This is what I think happened. I think Selena probably slid into his DMs because she's looking for a boyfriend. She Maybe he's her type, and Drew decided to leave Eve for someone more famous. Because this is kind of what it looks like to the public. It makes Selena look really bad. Or maybe did Drew have you know did drew hear selena single and he was trying to chat her up on the side while he was still with eve and drew was actually the one to blame in all of this like it seems like either drew or selena was being messy and pursuing their relationship and just flat out disrespectful to eve jobs like how do you just get a new girlfriend so fast even if they did break up the first week of january how do you just move on like that so fast so publicly that's disrespectful and anyone who i've have been with for a number of months I wouldn't do that too and it's a little bit hypocritical coming from Selena Gomez who's like in two months you replaced us like it was easy made me think I deserved it in the thick of healing and now you're gonna do this to Eve Jobs and rub it in her face publicly because it seems like no matter what there was an overlap that's all I'm gonna say and no I'm not calling Selena Gomez a homewrecker I'm just saying it's look it makes them look really bad from the outside and we can all agree on that maybe Haley Bieber was right I'm just kidding. But so I know this looks really bad to everyone, but I hope what's actually going on here is that this is a PR relationship and on the down low, Drew and Eve are still together, but Selena and Drew are just together for the public spectacle because we know Selena is no stranger to PR relationships. Remember when they tried to convince us that Selena and The Weeknd were in love and they had those peck unpassionate grossed out kisses on the Met Gala red carpet that none of us were falling for that's like saying Sean Mendes and Kimmy Cabale were really in love they just weren't so Selena is no stranger to a PR relationship and she's putting out an album this year and so is the Chainsmokers she's putting out one soon apparently because she responded to some fans saying like oh it's coming soon like 
her album and she has so much coming up so i feel like this is maybe a pr relationship i hope because if it's not a pr relationship it looks really bad for selena and drew so what can we learn from this um i think what we can learn from this situation about dating when you're young and something that i'm learning and that i feel like maybe my mom like has preached to me before is to um don't be over committed to someone don't tie yourself down to someone who is not committed to you Give people back the same energy and the same level of commitment that they seem to be willing to give you. Because some of y'all are out here being loyal to your damn hookups. You guys are out here being loyal to people that you're in a talking stage with. Why would you do that? No. You need to cast a huge net to find your correct match. When you're young, you should be dating around and having fun. My mom calls it taking samples of people you're just taking a sample and moving on and you shouldn't let your emotions make you overcommit to someone and um put all your emotions into their hands if they're not giving you that same amount of commitment back so wait to commit until you feel it a lot with someone or until you find someone who is willing to put in a lot of work and commit to you the same amount of commitmentness because clearly drew and selena are out here dating and making a spectacle of it but they're not committed to each other and it seems like drew was never really committed to eve jobs either but eve jobs just deleted her instagram so it seems like eve jobs is really upset about everything going on right now because it seems as though she was played in some way because she thought she was committed to someone who clearly wasn't too committed to her so i would just say well you're young don't um rush in to commit with people Kylie Jenner finally revealed her son's name. This is a day that we never thought would come. I truly thought I would never know what she named that kid. Just like I'll never know what's in Area 51, I just thought it was some kind of top secret information that I would never, ever know. And if I tried to find out, I would get killed. I never thought I'd know Kylie Jenner's name. This is the most anticipated name since Caitlyn Jenner got a new name. And everyone was like, what are we going to call her? This is the most anticipated name ever. And she finally revealed it after like three years. It wasn't three years, but it felt like goddamn three years. But it was actually 11 months. The baby is going to turn one years old, one year old, on February 2nd. So literally just a week away, it is going to have, sorry, not it, he is going to have his first birthday. So why did she wait so goddamn long, almost until the sun had his first birthday. Like, what are they going to sing to him on happy birthday? Happy birthday, dear. Uh, what are they going to sing to him? That would be awkward. I hate when people sing happy birthday to me. So that would probably be better. That's like, I dread my birthday just because of that. Like, why are people in a cult ritualistic way gathering around me with candles and singing this song to me? Please stop. Maybe I need to get rid of a name so no one does that to me anymore. But anyway, why did Kylie wait so goddamn long? We thought maybe she was waiting for another scandal. You know, when Kendall appropriated the next culture or when Kanye said he's going to go DeathCon 3 on everyone again or just something that the Kardashians need to cover up. Or maybe the next time Kylie is dropping a business, she could use, she could pimp out the baby's name for some promo. 
maybe some promo for the Kardashian season three. We just thought there would be a reason behind it, but it seems like they kind of just dropped it out of nowhere and Kylie didn't really promote anything that day. There was no massive scandal going on that she needed to cover up. People pointed out that Kylie and Travis just announced their breakup a couple weeks ago, so maybe that would be it. But I think that would almost be the most inopportune time to announce your baby's name because you're like, oh, this is our son's name. The same son who no longer has parents who are in the same, who are like in a couple together. That would be silly to me. That I think that would be the worst thing to do. So I don't think they did it to cover up that or anything. Um, I think we finally know why they waited so long. And that is because Travis Scott is the one to blame here. Not Kylie, who's been taking all the heat. Travis Scott is the one who kept changing it. So Kylie legally could not change the name. And, you know, half his birth certificates say they're his new name now. It still said Wolf, probably up until this month, because Travis kept changing it because he liked to test out different names to see if it was cool. And Kylie used to say she would officially announce the name once they legally changed it. And I guess that's a pretty smart and responsible thing to do. But even just three months ago on the Late Late Show with James Corden, his evil ass, uh, with uh, with uh, on the Late Late Show, Kylie said, quote, just three months ago, we haven't officially legally changed the name. He likes to sometimes, like one day he'll be like, oh, this name's kind of cool, and then he'll change it again. So they couldn't legally change it. That poor fucking baby, because did you guys know that Kids can recognize their names after like as early as four to six months of being born. They can start to recognize the name that they're being called. So that baby was probably so goddamn confused thinking his name was Wolf or this name or that name or whatever. He is probably already spiraling, having an identity crisis. And I think for the longest time, Kylie and Travis truly just could not decide. And that would totally be me as a parent, I would just feel like there's so much immense pressure on me to give someone their name forever. That's like giving them a tattoo or something. Like I could never get a tattoo because I just cannot make that big of a decision. Like forever, like naming someone is almost more of a permanent decision than getting married. Cause you can all, you know, you can always get divorced, but I don't know. You, it's just not like normal to like change your name or it, it, it would just give me so much anxiety. And me and Kylie are both Leo's. She was born August 10th. I was born August 16th. So we're both Leos. And I feel like we just connect on that level of the decision making in that aspect. Speaking of Leos, did you see Kylie with that lion on her shoulder? She was just at a fashion show for Scaparelli and their new line. They do a lot of like fake animal bust and they put them on the outfits, like on the front of the woman's garment. So Kylie was at the show and she her outfit had like a big real life-size lion's head on her shoulder and it looked so fucking cool and the second i saw it i was like she's such a proud leo like it's giving lion lion symbolizes leo and being bold and brave and leading the pack and uh i want that outfit so bad she looked amazing it's a fake lion head as well so no one cut off a lion's head for kylie jenner's outfit although they would do that Anyway, after waiting all this time to hear Kylie Jenner's name, Kylie Jenner's son's name, 11 months we waited, I really thought it was going to be something crazy. Especially if Travis was the one doing the naming. I thought it would be something like Moon Man Megatron 3000 Skirt. Like, I thought that would be the name. Or something stupid like Elon Musk's daughter's name. But it's actually really cute. The name is so simple yet so bold. And I love it. And the name of Kylie Jenner's baby is Air 
Webster. A-I-R-E Webster. Air, baby. You look like mommy, baby. On her Instagram, she posted it this Saturday. I'm sure you guys already knew her name and the whole announcement, but she just posted it on her Instagram and it already has 22 million likes. That baby's already more famous than any of us will ever be. She posted four photos of him. He is so cute. This is the first time we're really like seeing his face after 11 months. Oh my God. Him and Stormy look so similar. They're like the boy and girl versions of each other. Such cuties. Kylie makes the cutest kids ever and good for her because people used to say she was the ugly duckling of the Kardashians. So I'm glad that her, you know, kids don't have to worry about that. They have these big full lips, not like the old Kylie. I feel like it's almost disrespectful to like mention the old Kylie. Like we're like, we're like, we're dead naming Kylie or something like we just cannot do that. But anyway, her kids are so cute. People were confused about the pronunciation at first because when we saw the spelling, we just saw A-I-R-E and we're like, wait, is that Air or Airy? Because we know Kylie really likes the I-E names like Stormy, Travi Baby. Even her dogs have the I-E names like Normie. So I at first thought it was Airy Baby. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but she was originally going to call Stormy Storm. Um... But then at the last minute, she decided to add the I. Stormy. She added that at the last second. Like, right after Stormy was born, she was just like, just add the I at the end. Even though for months, they were planning to just name her Storm. But, um, yeah, the pronunciation is just air. Like, the air blowing in the wind. I hope Storm, E, and air don't fight. Or else there'll be a tornado. Ooh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just had to. I really like the name, though. I At first, I thought I liked Wolf better just because, I don't know, I like the ring of Wolf Webster and the WW, and Wolf was so, like, manly and tough and cool, and I just liked it. I thought it was so cute. But I really do like Air. And Kylie always says, and I think this is why she felt pressure to give the, ch- the children good names, because Kylie always says that she thinks people become their names. Um... Like your name really gives you some kind of complex and you will step into the role of your name. And I feel like that's true. I mean, I guess I've become a Patty. I'm not quite sure what that means. Patty, when I hear the name Patty, I think of like an old lady with pearls and like she's knitting and um, plays bridge on the weekend with her other elderly friends. Like I think the Golden Girls because only grandmas have the name Patty. But low key, I am like like a homebody. Like I don't want to be bothered. So I kind of am a Patty in that way. I'm definitely not a Patrick. That's my government name. Ugh. Patrick just seems so uptight and like snobby, like Patrick. Like I, ju- I just hate it. So I'm definitely not that. Patty suits me much better. But I kind of agree with her that people become their names. Do you like, are you your name? Do you feel like you've become your name? Or like, what does that even mean? I don't know. Because what if your name is like Jennifer? Like, I don't really know what that means that you would become. Probably a slut. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so I guess Air won't become a wolf like Taylor Lautner. He'll just become the heir to the throne. And I like how his name is spelled different than Air. Like, they're, they're homophones, but it sounds like Air. So he's like the heir to the Jenner billionaire, uh, uh, like, bank account. You know what I'm saying? Like, billionaire, Kylie Air. Like, it's just so rich, and it's so right for a Jenner name. And I think he'll become this king of America's royal family one day, the Kardashian-Jenner. So I loves it. Some people said that air means dick in Arabic. 
So maybe he'll become a dick. So happy birthday, Air. We'll love you even if you become a dick. But I hope we see more of Air in the future because I think with a name like that, he could potentially be the most famous Kardashian kid of them all. And I feel like we finally got introduced to him and I want to see him more along with all of these other kids because I feel like as fans of the Kardashians, we we all know Kim has the throne. Like we all know Kim is the queen of the family. I don't care what you say. Without Kim, they would be nothing. And that is so true. Even if they still had Chris, they would be nothing. Kim is the legend, the icon. She is the moment. She She's the reigning women's champion like of the kardashian family and that's just a fact she's the reigning heavyweight champion the queen she will never be dethroned but when it comes to the next generation it's like who's going to be the most famous who's going to be the kim of the next generation you know how everyone always says that they're the kim of their family it's like that who's going to be the kim of the next gen i'm obviously the kim of my family there's no questions about it so i don't really have to worry about that but a part of me feels like do the boy children even have a chance? Because the Kardashians are infamously bad at having men in their family achieve the same level of fame and admiration. It's actually the opposite. Have you heard of the Kardashian curse? The Kardashian curse that they had a whole episode of the Kardashians about is basically the curse says that, I mean, it's been made up by people online, but the curse says that any man in the family who dates the family or is like, immediately related to the family is cursed to have a bad reputation and to be shunned from the public basically to be brought down and a lot of misfortune will come into their lives and their life will just not be the best that's why caitlin transitioned (laughs) she's just one step ahead i think rob is the biggest example of this i mean rob has been through a lot rob struggles with a lot of mental illness and depression He stays out of the public eye now. And when he is in the public eye, he does not have the best reputation because of things that go on with his personal life with, say, Black China or his struggles. And most recently, even we talked about on the podcast a few episodes ago, Rob allegedly overdosed. We're not sure if that's 100% true, but Rob is just a man example in the family who has not been thriving, let's just say. But not only that of Rob's obvious struggles, but they were never able to market him at all. They've been able to to market all the women, all the uh, sibling women in this family since the Kardashian come up and they all have their own successful brands. They all have their individual presence and just have made a huge mark in the world of business and pop culture, like with Kendall being a model or Kim literally doing everything or Kylie with her business. They've all made such a big mark, but they were never able to market Rob at all. And Rob had potential from the beginning, just like all the girls. He had so much potential. He was handsome. He is still handsome. I'm not saying he's not handsome. Rob is a very cute boy. I'm not saying he's not. That's, I just want to make that clear. Rob's still handsome, but especially like when the Kardashians were coming up, like Rob was so handsome and he he would do modeling gigs and he was cute and he was so funny on the show and he was dating a cheetah girl. And above all, he was just an archetypical, like in, what's the word? He was an archetypical male 
that they should have been able to market. Like, if you're going to be able to market any guy, it would have been Rob back then because he just had it all. You know, he didn't look like Takashi 69 or Gibby from iCarly. He looked amazing. They missed so many opportunities with him. And the fact, even just the fact that they could have marketed him in so many ways, like, the fact that he just had a sexy girlfriend like a cheetah girl, is enough to market him as a quintessential man that other men should want to be like if they want hot girls. Um, and they could have been like, take it from us, we're all hot girls, and we've like gr- like groomed Rob kind of to be this perfect man. Like, that's what the family could have said. You know, he could have sold clone or clothing products or hair products, grooming products. Also, if Rob went from his current state of weighing a bit more and then had like an inspiring fitness journey like Chloe how she did the whole revenge body thing or whatever. Do you know how many supplements he could have sold to men who live for that market or workout clothes or dieting apps or whatever? There was a whole episode of the Kardashians called like Kardashian family therapy or something where they were all sitting down, all the, all the, all the sisters, Chris and uh, Rob, they were talking about how Rob is like struggling and depressed and feels like he's shunned in the family and the family doesn't invest in him. Like, they invest in each other and uplift each other as women. And they're all sitting in this therapy office and Rob is basically telling them like, I think you guys look at me as a loser and why don't you invest in me or put this faith in me to carry the family name and market me and put effort into me. Like that's basically what he's saying. Um, he said in the episode that his anger comes from the fact that his family puts this cloud on him as if he's a loser and not worth anything. And then he said, quote, when there's a business opportunity, all my mom cares about is the three girls. And whenever I want to say I want to open up a men's store, he just feels like he's ignored. He got cut off at the end of that sentence, but he just feels like he's ignored by it. A part of me does feel bad for Rob. I think that the Kardashians, they just kind of found a gold mine with the girls. And so they put all their time and effort into that. And Chris and all just they're all so feminine. So they're just good at they're 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 just naturally very good at marketing themselves and marketing to other women because they themselves um use all these products and live the life that other women would want to so a part of me feels bad that he didn't get a bite of that because he's a male but a part of me thinks that he should have done more by himself to launch his own career and honestly i mostly blame rob for the fact that he's not, you know, up there with the other ones in terms of success. Kim works so extremely hard. You know, she even made a, a sex tape of herself to get famous. And Rob has never done really anything, to be honest, to boost his own career. So just look at the comparison there. I don't think Chris was ignoring him because she's evil or not letting him open his men's store because she's evil. I just think Chris was ignoring him because she's a CEO and she will invest in a business that she already knows works and will make her money. And that's kind of what you have to do in that state. And, you know, she knows her girls make her money. So that's kind of what happened to Rob and why he kind of is in that spot that he is now not on the Forbes list along with the sisters, unfortunately. But people are noticing now, are all the Kardashian siblings, all the Kardashian sisters, are they all doing the same thing with their kids? People have come to notice that now that the kids are a little older, we see the girls way more than we see the boys. We almost never see the boys, but yet we all know the personality types of each of the girls and the basic vibe of what each of them are like. And we kind of have 
our own image of them in their head and their personal brand almost. Like, North is this girl that's edgy and she bullies Kim and she loves Kanye and like likes to dress up like him and he's musical. We know that Chicago is really shy, but Kim always says that Chicago is uh, her twin. And we know that Stormy is super sweet and goes everywhere with Kylie. And they say that their personalities are exactly alike. We just have a really clear idea of what all the girls are like, but we never see the boys. And it seems like the Kardashians are trying to exploit their girls. They're trying to make the public aware of their presence and get a name made for them. So by the time that they're approaching their teenage, like 18-year-old age, they're already superstars like Kendall and Kylie were. Well, they're keeping the boys much more low-key and not giving them as much of a launching pad. So let's just go through the individual Kardashian mothers and see how they're kind of highlighting the girls and keeping the voice very private. Let's start with the obvious. Kylie Jenner did not show us a photo or tell us her son's name for 11 months till after he was born. But you can best believe that Kylie was showing the world Stormy, like holding her up to the world like Mufasa was holding Simba up on that peak while all the animals were like, ah, she said Stormy has arrived, bitch. She trademarked her name even before the girl was born. Her and Stormy had a makeup collab. I'm sure Stormy already has millions in the bank because of that. Uh, Stormy is literally the face of Kylie Baby and all those commercials. We have so much YouTube content with Stormy and Kylie. They're always on the red carpet together. I saw Stormy in person once at the Billboard Award. Meh. She doesn't live up to the to the it girl look that you think she would give in real life. Meh. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But when I saw her at the awards, I was like, Stormy Baby! She probably had to put on earmuffs after that. Anyway, they're always together at events. They do everything together. And Kylie even says she brings her everywhere with her, even when she was heir's age. When it comes to Kim Kardashian, she has shown us North a lot. North was in Vogue at just eight months old. Do you you remember that? North made her Vogue debut at eight months old. I just know Kim was so jealous. And if it was between Kim and North for the cover of Vogue, North would have suddenly disappeared. That's all I have to say. North was also, uh, she did that show with Kanye where she was singing her song in front of the whole world where she was like, what are those? Those are clothes. She got to do that whole performance and Kim was crying. There's so many scenes of North on the show, like her with Jojo Siwa. There's so many YouTube videos with North on there. Kim immediately trademarked North's name. There's the Kim and North TikTok, but you don't see a Kim and Psalm or a Kim and Saint TikTok. North goes to every event with Kim, like when she was being hounded by the paparazzi and she had to hold up the stop sign. And really the only time we got to see Saint on the show was when he found out, uh, where it was when he saw the advertisement for Kim's sex tape on Roblox. That was Saint's one moment to shine and that was not a good moment to shine. Uh, when it comes to Chloe, we know all about True. We've known about True since the second that she was born. She even photoshops True into Instagram photos of her at Disneyland to just post more of True. She had a commercial for like a migraine medicine with True in it. She has so many segments on the shows, on the show. And guess what? We still don't know her son's name. We've never seen her son. We do not know her son's name. And it's been, I don't know how long it's been, but like a while. I forgot when he was born. I think sometime like June-ish. It's been a long time. She is not caring to show us the sun. Now, when it comes to Courtney, it's a little bit tricky because she has two boys and one girl. But if you remember, Mason was kicked off of 
Instagram by Courtney because he was spilling family secrets on Instagram Live, which is legendary and iconic. And Mason's amazing for that. I think Mason could have been a great contender for the most famous of all the Kardashians just because like he's Scott Disick's son and Scott is so messy and gave us great content. I feel like Mason can be that in the future. So we'll have to see about that. Rooting for Mason. But he hasn't been on social media since. And Mason has apparently requested to be in, uh, like, not on Courtney's Instagram anymore. Like, he doesn't want to be seen in photos, apparently. Or maybe Courtney just does not want to post him. But we don't see much of Mason. But then there's the P and Court TikTok. And we always see Penelope's vlogs and her whatever Penelope does on her TikTok. That's all cutesy and we love. Courtney even talks about Penelope on Poosh more than her sons, Mason and Rain. So it seems as though P is the one being pushed with Courtney as well. And same with all the girls in that family. So they seem to be repeating the same cycle. And it's like, will the boys ever be famous? Will they be damned to the background of the shows for all of eternity? And the girls will only be the famous ones in the Kardashian-Jenner family? And I wonder if this is all because the Kardashian sisters just don't see their boys as marketable. So they don't even bother to show them. I'm surprised they even had boys, especially since they made embryos and you can like pick the gender. You can genetically engineer that baby like Gattaca. You can pick the gender of your baby. I'm surprised they even had boys. But since they did, they need to they they need to start to learn how to capitalize on them now. They need to start throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. So by the time that they're older, they can market them. And they'll know what works. They basically, what I'm saying is they just need to do what they're doing for the girls now. Kind of what they did for Kendall and Kylie. There's going to be a lot of money lost with the amount of grandbabies they have that are boys. It's actually half and half right now with boys and girls. So they want to double that profit. And you know the Kardashians will. So they need to start pushing the boys like they're pushing the girls. And you know what? The Kardashians have a lot of female fans who would definitely swoon over the boys once they're older. So I feel like all they really need to do is look at how other younger males are marketed or like teenage 18-ish males are marketed. You could look at someone like Justin Bieber or the One Direction boys. How those boys were marketed, they were marketed as very cute and cuddly boys, like the good boys, the loyal boys, the good boyfriend material boys, like the ideal boyfriend guys that girls would just absolutely swoon over and cry because they love them so much into their pillow at night and throw up and skip school and attempt suicide once the band breaks up they need to market them like those boys an example of what not to do would be to market them how like like noah centineo or like brooklyn beckham i wouldn't market them like that but yeah i think the two kardashian kids who have the very highest opportunity to be the most famous of all the kardashian kids to be the most famous are saint and psalm i think those two boys can be the next huge things when it comes to the kardashian family more potential than anyone else in that pool of kids and i'm saying this because they have kim and kanye's parents And not only do they have two of the most famous people in the whole world as their parents, but one of them is legit an artist with a legitimate talent that could have been just genetically passed down to the boys. 
So they could be going for fame with like, you know, everyone's like the Kardashians don't have any talent. Well, these two boys could actually have a lot of talent. And men in the music industry pop off easier. It's just a fact. Like it's harder for a woman to like fight to the top and everything like that. So I think they could achieve bigger success, especially if they make similar music to Kanye. They have so many connections there. Kanye can literally coach them. And not only with music, but they have Kim and Kanye who does the fashion the design, the modeling, the clothing wear, the shoes. They have every single connection they could possibly need from Kim and Kanye being their parents. I think the world is going to have just a very instinctual, intense, um, like intense fascination with those two boys, Saint and Psalm, once they're older, of course. By the way, this whole conversation was not a combo of like exploiting kids. Like, of course, I don't support that. But when it comes to the Kardashians, they're going to do it. They're just that famous. There's no way around it, especially because their whole life is, their whole career is sharing their lives. So they're already kind of exploiting them while also not at the same time. Like they're letting them be kids, but also letting them be in the public eye a little bit to where it's convenient for the Kardashians. So I'm not saying they should do that. I'm just talking about when they're older, they're approaching that 18 age. I think people are going to be very fascinated with Saint and Psalm a lot. So I think those two will be the most famous for sure. But I, I, you know, I guess we'll see. They might not be if the Kardashians do not know how to market a boy. But anyway, what can we learn from this? I think the lesson here is overall to fuck gender roles. Your gender should not stop you from doing anything. If, For example, if St. West wants to have his own line of nail polish one day, he can do that. There's no right way to market a girl or a boy or to express yourself as a girl or a boy or to to do, you know, what society wants you to do a certain way. There's no need to do that. No matter how you were born, man, woman, non-binary, however you identify now, you can do whatever you want and lead a life How you want there are absolutely no rules when it comes to expressing yourself you do not have to be confined by masculinity or femininity and i wish people would just give up gender roles so fast i feel like gender roles can be fun sometimes if like you're like in like a heteronormative relationship and you want them to like take roles or something but they're just not necessary at all especially with how advanced like humans are we don't have to resort to some like biological like gender roles and i wish everyone would understand that gender is a construct and from the, the second you were born, you are like in, indoctrined basically to know how a boy acts or know how a girl acts. And it sucks that a, a lot of us have that in our mind and that's very hard to shake and not live like that or, you know, how you can dress, if you can wear makeup, blah, blah, blah. I definitely struggle with that too. Like, would it be crazy if you do this? Because of course it wouldn't be crazy, but you would definitely get backlash by society. But I just want to say, I think there would be one day where no one thinks about gender roles like that and people are just gender bending all over the place and gender is just this huge blur so until then i feel like the kardashians i'm saying this because they're like following some kind of rules of like who they could you know relate their girls to and relate their boys to there's just no gender law it's all a rule that you need to break
If you thought the allegations of Leah Michelle's behavior was bad before, in the Price of Glee documentary, she was held responsible for a lot of horrible things that happened on that set, including the downfall of Corey Monteith, her ex-boyfriend. Now, Rachel Berry is an iconic character. If you watched Glee, this segment is for you because I loved Glee so much. I watched Glee when it first came out, and then I rewatched it during the pandemic in like 2020. And it was so much better the second time because I was actually older. I understood all the jokes and the the layers of comedy and satire and just comedic genius in that show was so amazing. And that show was like my music education. I loved that show because I knew so many songs that I never knew before from Broadway or older songs or like classical songs like it just taught me so much and opened me up so much to music and it made me love music so much. I'll always love Glee and I think the character of Rachel Berry is so iconic and so legendary. But unfortunately, Lee Michelle was just too similar to that character because Rachel Berry was supposed to be this almost like half antagonist, half protagonist. She would cut a bitch. She would send someone to a crack house, literally, just to not let them be able to take her spotlight. She would lie, cheat, and steal to get her way to the top, do anything that she has to do. And Ryan Murphy actually kind of wrote the character of Rachel Berry around Leah Michelle, kind of based on her personality traits. So that is not a very good sign for Leah Michelle. And we already knew how horrible she was behind the scenes of that show, unfortunately, for all the years, as um, multiple of her castmates said that she was literally intolerable and a diva and a rotten slore. Samantha Ware, who was just on the show, I believe, for the fifth and sixth season, said uh, she's a black actress, and she said that Leah Michelle threatened to shit in her wig or was making comments that she was going to take off her wig and shit in it because she simply did not like her. And Samantha said that Leah made life on the set of Glee a living hell and did other racial microaggressions to her. Now, that is obviously intolerable and absolutely terrible and i don't care if that show happened before the time of wokeness i don't think anyone should have ever been doing that like i would have never even done that when i was like 12 or said those things like i knew better than that like that is just so insane and evil so i cannot believe lee michelle would do that and we kind of know it actually happened because amber riley uh and a lot of other actors and actresses on that show were supporting samantha through tweets and retweets and everything like that Heather Morris even agreed that Leah Michelle was very unpleasant to work with. And yeah, she lost so many sponsorships back in 2020, like HelloFresh. And what what else other, you know, has been used to be on a big show people used to, you know, promote on their Instagram now. She lost all those. But on this new documentary, The Price of Glee, she was shit on so much, dragged through the mud. Her reputation just got 10 times worse. So we're just going to go through some of the things that was mentioned about in that documentary about the one and only Leah Michelle. And I don't hate Leah Michelle. I know I should hate Leah Michelle because of what I literally just said. But, like, I'm sorry. She just has this place in my heart. And she's just, like, I, I'm, I'm fucking sorry. She's is just a star. Like, she's... The biggest when she is on that screen on Glee, I cannot take my damn eyes off of her. She is a legend and a star, and she is so undeniably talented that I want to love her, but I cannot love her. But it's like if 
if Glee, if I want to rewatch Glee, I'm doing it to watch Rachel Berry, not to watch Leah Michelle. If that makes sense, like I love what she can bring to the table, and that's why she got cast in Funny Girl and all that. But I do not love her. I love Rachel Berry, is what I should say. But okay, so in this new documentary, starting with Nye Rivera, the late Nye Rivera, R.I.P., a legend. Nye Rivera's dad said the only person on the set that Nye had problems with was Leah Michelle. And he also alleged that Naya was briefly let go from Glee after she complained about Leah to the production. But we know Leah was really close with Ryan Murphy and all that, so she was always favored by production if anyone wanted to speak up against her, including the background actors who she would call cockroaches. Um, <laughs> very fucked up. One of those cockroaches was on the documentary, and he said that her experience of Leah Michelle, his experience of Leah Michelle, I'm sorry, was so awful that he hasn't even experienced bullying like that in actual high school because she wouldn't let him even sit with them, the main castmates, during their lunch breaks or whatever because she thinks that he did not belong there and he was not of the same status or vernacular to be able to sit with her. And he was actually kicked from their table one time with Leah there. So very nasty, elitist behavior. She thinks she's too good for the little people. Something else that happened there was Garrett Greer, an assistant to the executive director of Glee, said that he thinks Lee Michelle is a narcissist. <laughs> I love when someone gets called a narcissist. I don't know why. Just makes me so happy. It says so much about them. I almost feel like narcissists have to like hide in the closet their whole life and like pretend not to be narcissists because they can't get exposed. Because being a narcissist is like a really bad claim to have against you. I think of narcissists as like evil, like serial killers or something like I would never want to be exposed for being a narcissist and I'm not a narcissist. I'm just saying like when someone gets called a narcissist, you're really pointing a big finger at them and it makes me laugh so hard. So he called Lee Michelle a narcissist and said that there was a conflict whenever Leah felt that the amount of attention she or her character received was under threat. She says, why are you giving more screen time to Artie in that wheelchair? Give it to me, bitch. That's true, though. Her character always had the most uh, screen time. Something else that happened on the set of that show is that there was apparently... This was around the time that social media was like really becoming a thing, like 2012, 2013. Instagram was just starting, or Facebook, or whatever, in like 2010. And the cast would apparently always compete for who can get the most followers, but Leah was allegedly the most competitive about all of it. And she actually had the most followers of all of them during when the show was filming. So she would use that as like an excuse to be like a tyrant or get more screen time because she'd be like, clearly the people are connecting with me. Like I need more screen time. Here are like the two biggest accusations against her. One is that a lot of the people on the set who were in this documentary who were like crew members or whatever, they all agreed that they don't understand why Leah Michelle was ever dating Corey Monteith, rest in peace, Corey Monteith, because they just didn't feel like they were right for each other. Quote, several crew members said that they were surprised by the pairing and remained unsure whether Corey and Leah were even good for each other. What do they mean good for each other? Like bad influences? Or they didn't have a lot in common? They were basically insinuating that Leah was using their relationship for more clout because she felt like the fans would love that and it would draw more attention to her with this whole show where she was having this big fame moment. It kind of seemed like they were accusing her of like manipulating Corey to be in love with her so she can get, you know, not just the fame from 
the show, but she could be in the press and all of this stuff. And Rachel Berry, she wants to be that big star. She wants to be the biggest star in the world. So I wouldn't doubt it if Lee Michelle was doing that as well to be the biggest star in real life. Now, the craziest thing is that in this documentary, it seemed like people in it were blaming Lee Michelle for Corey Monteith's death. That's literally what it seemed like they were saying because there was one scene where they were discussing Corey Monteith's unfortunate drug and alcohol problems. Corey dealt with drug and alcohol issues from the time he was in his teens, actually. And he was sober for the filming of Glee up until the fifth season. That's the season when he unfortunately passed away. And he had a very uh, like quick downfall once he relapsed. It was very quick after he you know, decided to use again. And his barber or the barber that worked on the show and would cut all the guy's hair, he remembered the, for the last uh, haircut he ever gave to Corey. And he said Corey was telling him this story about, you know, he was drinking again and he thought he'd be okay. Because one time Corey said that he was at a party and he was feeling like he wanted to drink and didn't know if he could handle it. He didn't know if he shouldn't. But someone in the cast who was with him at that party, who he loved and trusted, apparently, quote, that's what they said, who he loved and trusted, encouraged him to drink that drink at that party and told him that they would be here for him and they're sure he will be fine. And they didn't name names, but because they said someone on the cast who he loved and trusted, it sounds like it would be Leah Michelle a.k.a. his girlfriend at the time, who would clearly be at whatever party with him. It seemed to insinuate that's what they were saying. And then they even said that because that person encouraged him to drink a little bit, that set him on, quote, a path to destruction. And Corey started to drink again after that because he was given permission by somebody that he loved. That's a huge, huge, major accusation to throw on someone and watching that documentary i was shocked they said that i couldn't believe it uh like hasn't lee michelle suffered enough blaming or even insinuating someone it's someone's on the cast's fault for him not being here anymore is very evil and i feel like they were kind of just doing it for views on their documentary at least i hope so at least i hope whoever was on the crew of that documentary just wasn't so evil that they just wanted to tell the world that and I feel like they were capitalizing off the hate that Lee Michelle already gets. And they thought everyone would just run with that. But a lot of people are saying that that accusation is very disrespectful and way blown out of proportion. And they do not believe that. And I don't really believe that either. A lot of people, even Naya Rivera, I believe in her book, said that Leah was a good influence on Corey. And yes, Leah might have been an asshole to people who she felt like were beneath her. But... I feel like she really did love him and she would never have wanted to set him down that path or like just encourage him to drink at a party then watch him spiral. So I don't think so. But even all the other things they said in this documentary about Leah were very unfortunate and made her look more like an asshole than she already looks and more like a diva and an elitist. C-U-N-T. So anyway, what can we learn from this? I think what we can learn from the whole Lee Michelle conversation is that nothing makes you better than anyone else. You are not better than anyone else. And I know that's like hard to say out loud. Like I'm not better than anyone else. 
it's almost like hard to accept because you want to feel like you're better than anyone else. You just know so many like shitty people or you feel like there's traits about you that make you innately better than someone. But it's, it's, it's really nice to live with the mentality that you're not better than anyone else because it humbles you. It lets you see other people on a human level on a real level for who they really are without passing judgment on them immediately because you're so worried about placing yourself in a hierarchy when you talk to them or, oh, like, are they better than me? Am I better than them? Blah, blah, blah. It's really nice to just think, just live with the mindset that no one is better than anyone else and we're all humans. We're all just trying to get through life and all of that. And it's it's never a good look to act like you are, especially when other people can tell that you think you are because then you look 10 times worse than everyone so I always tell myself that, I always think that, and I think it's a good, healthy mindset to have that you are not better than anyone else. And nothing excludes you from having to be a nice person. I think that's all of our number one task in this world, to just be good people with good energy to everyone else. It doesn't matter how hot you are, how rich you are, how talented you are, um, how many Nicki Minaj verses you can recite word by word. You have to be nice to people. All right, you guys. Well, thank you for joining me today on Pop Culture University. I hope you enjoyed the tea and the lessons and just like hanging out. I am so sorry we did not start the So What Can We Share with the Class segment today. I was going to start it today right before I made this episode. I was going to go find the story from one of my listeners. They sent me this like amazing, hilarious story. And I thought I screenshotted it. And I was like scrolling for like 20 minutes trying to find it. Because it was like long too. And I was going to like reword it. So it was just a little bit shorter. And like it went in like a whole story format for you guys. And I could just not find it. I was going through my DMs and everything. So let me just like find it for next time. I'll make it nice and presentable. And like a cute little whole segment for for you guys. And I'll break it down and... There were some other stories as well, but they were long and I just did not have time. You know, I had to get this episode out to getting it out on time is more important. So we will start it on Friday. Get excited for that. Send me your submission about something you would like to share with the class or some crazy personal drama that you have. And I'm so excited to read them. The one story I had today was so good. I remember my jaw was like on the floor when I read it. I was sending them back messages in all caps. So send me any of your crazy drama that you would like to share with the class and maybe something that we can learn from it. And it'll be so much fun. Something so crazy that's going on in my life right now is that I, my phone used to get hacked by someone. So I had to get a new phone number like in the spring of last year, like May, I think. So I got a new phone number. And what I don't, what I never knew is that when you get a new phone number, they give away your old phone number in approximately 24 hours to a new person. So that phone number is gone. You cannot get it back. And I didn't tell all my friends and family quick enough that I got a new phone number. So this guy who had my old phone number kept getting all these texts and messages like, Patty, what are you doing tonight? Patty, I'm making pork chops and stuffing and vegetables tonight for dinner. It's mom. And Or like, Patty, let's go do poppers at the club and do cocaine. Like this guy was getting all these texts that I was supposed to be getting and he was getting pissed off. Whoever had my new phone number was an angry troll a a a scoundrel he he was pissed he was a madman he would send back like stop fucking texting me i'm not patty i don't know what you want these texts are not supposed to go to me block this number he was angry so anytime any new member of my family would text him like even when my grandma died and 
Um, we, we all had to be in like a family group chat. One of my aunts added my old phone number. So that guy who's so angry was in this family group chat talking about my grandma's death. And he was like, what the fuck is going on? This is not my grandma. G delete me from this. Blah, blah, blah. He was crazy. And so my stepsister just sent him a text, sent my old number a text. And she was sending me what he was saying. So the text said like, hey, Tegan and Patty, like that's my sister's name. I'm going to be here tonight. So don't be alarmed if you see me. And then my old phone number from this angry guy said, oh, sure, sure. This Patty guy again. First, we'll put Mr. Patty on the fucking grill. Then we'll put him on the fryer. We will dress him up. We will serve him to the customer. And don't forget the drink. Fuck that. This guy is crazy. And clearly, he's starting to turn his anger into humor anger. So if for some reason you had my old phone number and are listening to this, do not text him, please. It gives me peace of mind to know that we're not inciting this guy anymore. And he won't come to my house and start it on fire. So please do not do that. Um, but until then, I'm 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 gonna have a great cheat day tomorrow. I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna vlog the whole thing. Make sure to follow me on my personal TikTok at Petty Pop Personal. You will not regret it. It'll be a great time. And I think you guys should treat yourself tomorrow too, just because it's my cheat day. I think we should all have a treat. Um, treat yourself to something expensive, like a something mad luxurious, like a Starbucks drink. Just just do that and put some extra whipped cream in there. Who gives a shit? I'm excited to treat myself, and you guys should too. And until Friday, I hope you guys have an amazing week. Bye. Oh, yeah, rate this podcast and all that shit. Five star, bitch. Tell your friends. Tuesday, Friday class. Okay. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.